Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to go. You are listening to the Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California on February 18th. It's the Tuesday show. So you know what that means, Julie, going deep on shallow <laughs> issues. <laughs> That's what we're all about on Tuesdays, Leanne. You kind of need that on Tuesday. You know, you know it's, little it's relief. Tough. Right. It's nowhere in the week. You're not, you're not nowhere close to the weekend. You're not, you're not even on the hump day. So you need to, you need to have some light, um, light stuff going on. We do have a couple of actual stories that we want to discuss. Uh, there is some, uh, caring for aging parents. We're going to go through. I have kind of an interesting story for people trying to eat clean, some cautionary tales. Uh, we, we have a, a bevy of movie reviews. Uh, Nana is weighing in on the Lego movie. And what did you call it? The rat race? I called it the rat patrol, but the name of the movie is the nut job. But there, <laughs> but there are a lot of rats in that movie. Okay, I'll, I'll get to it. Okay. And then I was home alone on Valentine's Day, which is nice. So I, I watched a romantic comedy. And then, of course, because it's Tuesday, we are uh, ending with Downton Abbey, Downton Gabby. Uh, Best episode of the season by far, far and away, uh, jam, jam, jam packed. So lots to talk about there. But we continue to be on sort of a 24-7 monitoring of the Olympics in Sochi. Julie, have you been able to catch up? I know you have faced adversity at home. Your <laughs> yes, television is down. With, with the direct TV <laughs> fail. Yes, we uh, we had direct TV arrived Monday morning, 8 a.m., we're back in business. So I was watching a little of the cross-country skiing in the rain just right before we uh, we did this podcast. Right, right. So back back on track, back on track. Okay, so- I'm grateful because the Olympic hockey tournament is really heating up. I'm just I'm just taping everything now because I don't understand what time zone Sochi is in anymore. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> anymore. Some things are happening in the middle of the night. Some things are happening live. You know, my, in my morning, I just don't get it anymore. So I don't want to miss a minute. I'm taping everything. And, um, you know, that led to my husband accusing me of uh, messing up his taping of Arsenal and Liverpool in the FA Cup this week. Uh-huh. We had some words about that, Julie. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Grounds for divorce right there, Liam. It's a good thing the Olympics is only two weeks or else we would have a lot of issues with the DVR at my house. That's all I can say. Um, but one of the bigger stories of the week, uh, particularly for the coverage, was the Bodie Miller interview after his bronze medal. Now, Julie, did you get a chance to see the actual interview live? I- I, well, no, I saw, I, well, I live, who knows? Who knows what's live, right. I I saw a video of that interview. So when it was, whenever it was, I saw it. And you know the thing that, I mean, Lee, and you wrote about it at SatelliteSisters.com in the blog, and so many people on our Facebook page have commented on it as well. It just seems, I mean, we really, you know, anyone that knows grief, I mean, why why you would be so disrespectful to someone, you know, who who was grieving his his brother's death? I mean, it just seems like 
you know, I, I mean, I, you know, enough is enough. Now I know the NBC president of, of something of sports or TV or sports TV came out today defending the reporter saying she was doing her job, going after the story. It was a moment, but I don't think so, Leanne. I, I really thought it was shameful. No, I mean, back it up a little bit. I think that whole coverage was prepackaged and manipulated. And that's what happens when you take a live sporting event and you have 12 hours to think about it and drop in all these taped pieces and ways to, you know, cut the footage. So it looks like it's this seamless piece of, you know, live sports happening. But that was such a fantastic race, the men's Super yes. G. There were so many athletic stories happening. The unexpected American coming in second, you know, the young Norwegian, you know, taking the crown from our man Oscar Lund Svindal. You know, Excellent. that was great. A Canadian getting a medal. For God's sakes, they haven't gotten a medal in skiing in a long time. And then Bodie Miller was 36 years old. Let's remember, he is 36 years old. Did you see that course? I mean, <laughs> this is not like he's out there playing golf at 36. Know. You know? know, this is one of the it's, most. It's like a, it's like an ice space. It's yeah. broke down. It, I, I mean, I, TV, it's does some uh, disservice uh, how steep it is. And certainly it was just sheer ice. It, it was wasn't sheer ice until it was sheer slush. And right. those are two completely different kinds of skiing conditions. And when your thighs are on fire and you hit slush on the bottom of the course, that is something else. I mean, what a man. He's 36 years old. He he got a medal. That's an unbelievable story. So then we have to have this completely manufactured, like, I did it for my dead brother situation. It was, and they, it was just, I don't know why they're fixated on dead relatives. And it's true. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect to the dead relatives, but. The dead relatives, right. But you're right. That is always what is fueling an athlete is, you know, their mother's death, their father's death, you know, something like that. So. And the thing is, these are elite athletes in the moment. I mean, I know Bodie loved his brother, but he wasn't thinking about his brother in the middle of that run. I mean, that's just the truth. So to sort of badger him with the three questions, she just, yeah. Kristen Cooper, who was an Olympic skier herself and has done fine job covering things, uh, you know, not a trained journalist, but has certainly worked that. But, you know, there was a producer in her ear. Telling uh, just, her to ask those to ask those questions. Right. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. you know, the most egregious part of that whole coverage to me was the footage afterwards where Bodie sort of collapsed uh, on the side of a, you know, afterwards and was kneeling, trying to compose himself, and another American skier went over to comfort him. And a junior producer like grabbed the American skier and, and pulled him away because, oh, you're messing up the NBC camera shot of Bodie grieving. That was the creepiest part. Of I that. know. I know. You wrote about that, Lee, and you, you were spot on. I think it's it's right. Yeah. I, I mean, they just it was a great story and they ruined it. Right. By by overproducing. It. Right. Now, I think those those interviews those post-event interviews are really hard to do. You know, whether they win or lose, those are not easy. And that you see someone as accomplished as Andrea Joyce, she is able to do that in a way that is professional, you know, that is respectful, and she's not feeding people emotions. And that was my objection. Like, if he had brought up, I did this for my brother, then that's fair to ask follow-up questions. But Bodie was like, any day of the week, I can win a medal. You know, he was in Bodie Miller mode. So... I hope he gets a medal uh, today or tomorrow or whenever, <laughs> sometime in the next 24 hours, whatever time it is in Sochi, in his last race. Uh, he's in the slalom. Mm -hmm. Just, or, uh, 
Yeah, the slalom. Uh, because, um, oh no, the, the giant slalom. I, I, there's the super G, the giant slalom, and the slalom. Okay. And just so that we can put it all, he can have the last word, and that's not the last image we see of him. It's this kind of cheap manufactured emotion. Did and you know they'll that. use that for all future Olympic uh, promotions. So uh, that's too bad. That's I know. Too bad. I know. I know. Putting Kristen Cooper. Wow. I I would not want to be her. I would not want to be her on that sideline trying to get any interviews over the next couple of days. Although I'm sure the athletes, when they're there, are slightly unaware of the brouhaha that that caused. So in a good way. In a good way. But um, we're going to talk a little bit later about ice dancing because... <laughs> Because that because we want to. That's the reason why. (laughs) That's what we. (laughs) Um, But Julie, I know you spent last week in Colorado, and part of it was um, because your in-laws are there and they are ailing. And we have just had a lot of questions and conversation on the Facebook page and the blog, certainly after what happened with our parents and what other people's parents are going through. So we know that this is a conversation you're having at home. So what's the story there in Colorado? Yeah, really, and shout out to Sharon who put on her Facebook page the sweetest picture of her Iowa in-laws that they were named king and queen of the Valentine Valentine festivities um, at their nursing home. Um, yeah, that, that was, was great because Sharon had like reached out on the Facebook page. I need some help. We're in a crisis mode. So many of you responded. We responded. It, it was absolutely something that everyone who's gone through caring with aging parents understands like, oh, things are fine. Things are fine. Oh, no, they're not. Oh, my gosh. Now we're in a crisis situation. So her in- <laughs> in-laws are in the home. And they were the king and queen of the Valentine's I Ball. Know. It was I a know. fantastic that was, that was photo. Great. I mean, I was so happy to see that. Uh, I wish, you know, I wish I had a happy tale to tell about my in-laws. My father-in-law has has cancer. And for the last year, he has been receiving chemotherapy. He's had surgery. He's had chemotherapy. He's still in chemo. My mother-in-law is becoming less able to uh, take care of herself. She's really having problems walking. She's having problems, you know, doing just basic things like bathing and taking care of herself. And it all kind of reached a crisis in December. And uh, my husband rushed out to Colorado. My sister-in-law is there in Denver. And my other sister-in-law in in Vermont, they all flew in. Fortunately, you know, my in-laws are in one of those assisted graduated living um, places Mm -hmm. where they have access to a lot of care, which, you know, Leanne, when we were looking for for mom and dad, that was half of our scramble is that we couldn't find the right kind of care. We couldn't get... We could, you know, we had our dad in one memory care place and then we had to try to find somewhere else. And it was such a scramble. What's so, every time I go visit my in-laws, I'm like, this place is great. I mean, I just love (laughs) it because, you know, it has layers of care and, you know, you can have it in your apartment. You can move to, you know, where it's more of a nursing home situation. But after the crisis in December, my 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 mother-in-law had fallen. She wasn't able to get up. She was hospitalized. She also went to a rehab hospital to learn how to walk on a walker. And we, there were, you know, it's a team of people you deal with, Leanne. As you know, it's it's not only the doctor, but it's the social worker. It's uh, it's the physical therapist. Uh, it's, you know, it's the, the nutritionist nursing, at the that point, right? If she's having yes. problems eating and things, she, yeah, right. It's 
it's the nursing care, you know, or the nursing care coordinator. And, you know, just most of December, my husband was on a conference call, it seemed like, with these teams of people that were trying to put together the right kind of care. Because here is my father-in-law, who has, is the chemo patient, so he really cannot take care of my mother-in-law. Right. My mother-in-law can't really help my father-in-law. Um, but she didn't want to be in a, you know, in a hospital setting. She didn't refuse to go to a nursing home. Right. So, you know, let's right. just say that she's really refused most care, but teams of people working with her, talking to her, we're talking with us. And so finally, you know, sometime in December, what well, arrangement work was worked out a very, you know, intricate schedule about, about, each day, different people would be stopping by their apartment to help one or both of my in-laws, to help my father-in-law with nutrition, uh, to help my mother-in-law with physical therapy, to help her with some basic you know, uh, bathing and things like that, to get it all done. And it was in place and it was sort of humming along you know it was it was go- it was a good solution for them because right. everybody to stay could in breathe for five minutes right, right. the Everyone caregivers can... on the ground the, you know your sister-in-law your husband could breathe right. for five minutes yes. yeah five minutes. okay Flat, fast fast forward to february we walk in their apartment they have systematically dismantled all of the care that was put in place i mean bit by bit first of all it was Oh, they didn't want those nursing assistants in because that was, it was, you know, it was, it's so, it's always some excuse like, oh, well, it was bothering, you know, my father-in-law or it was, oh, it was my mother-in-law didn't like her personality or, right. you know, something like that. She was being too bossy. You know, I was like, we could, there, that, you know, okay. So they got rid of that. Then uh, the physical therapy, because really my, my mother-in-law is, uh, she has fallen a number of times. You know, she really has to, she should use a walker. She should, uh, should do that. She, when I no no walker, she's not using that. Oh. She's supposed to be on oxygen 24 seven. Oh. No, she doesn't like the oxygen because she gets all tangled up in the wires. So she's not I'm using the oxygen. Okay. And there is my father-in-law who is the chemo patient. You know, he goes in every week for chemo. And so he is now taking care of my mother, uh, mother mother-in-law full time, you know, trying to like, you know, wait on her, help her around. And he doesn't, you know, he's not strong enough to do that. He can't pick her up. He can't do any of this. So everything we put in place, it's all gone. Oh, Julie. All gone. You know, and it's just, it's just. What, what, what did I name this segment? Old people. Yes. <laughs> it's just what old people do, right? They well, just do. I always, with my parents, I used to refer to the whole situation as crazy town because it is, it's just crazy sometimes. It's crazy town. I know. I know. So like, now, I mean, so sake, now someone it's like, is there to make you lunch and help you. Just let them do that. I know. <laughs> Doesn't that sound nice? Doesn't that sound nice? We don't want you to slip in the shower. So couldn't you just have someone help you? You know, wouldn't you might wouldn't you like to have your hair washed and styled a little bit? No. Oh gosh, it's all gone. So now, you know, we you know, I it just in the moment it was just we really had to sort of like take it all in, but now we have to come up with a whole new plan. Oh, it's really? just, I mean, because it is still all the dangers, all the risk that was there before. It's now there, you know, intensified. So, uh, uh, and just... you know, the other aspect of it that it's hard to explain to people who haven't lived it is the stealth aspect of their deception. Yes. Like... 
<laughs> like, if you're not there to actually see what's going on, they fired all those people and didn't tell anybody. Right. Right. That's right. That's you know, right. it's yeah. just so they're sneaky old people. Yeah. <laughs> old people are sneaky. They cannot be trusted, Leanne. So I am laughing, but it is, you know, it is something because otherwise you want to cry. That's, that's the thing, Leon. So, uh, so we gotta, we gotta work up a new plan. So, uh, well, I also want to mention Deborah, the adorable picture Deborah posted on the Facebook page of her dad and mom at the military ball in the VA home where her dad is living. And here's what she says. The people who work in all of these places must be angels. Yes. My dad gets excellent care and we are all at peace. It looks like your parents are well cared for too. She was talking about the parents at the the Valentine's Day ball. I know because those old people are sneaky. They are (laughs) sneaky. Very sneaky. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, is that your plan for this week then? Put more layers yeah, so of care back, in place. Yeah, back on. Well, we're going to, this is again, very similar d- uh, dynamic in our family. Sort of the hammer. You know, we 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 had certain uh, siblings that we could go to. Like, for example, when we really made the decision that our parents shouldn't drive anymore, it was our brother Dick that had to come down and give that message. You right. know, he was the hammer. In right. That. So my my sister-in-law, Sarah, who's coming from Vermont. Okay. She's coming out to see them. Oh, Sarah's the hammer. All right. Sarah's the hammer. She's, she, she's going to be out there. She's going to be out there. We have, we've done, we've done the assessment. We were the assessment team and now she's going to go back in there. And uh, I think there might be some fireworks, but we're going to work on a, a different safer, you know, safer arrangement for our mother-in-law and father-in-law. It so. is, it's difficult because they yeah. don't have uh, a perspective on the safety issues. Yeah. You no, know, they, they are living it every day. So it seems like this is, it their seems new normal. Norm. Yeah. yeah. It seems yeah. normal to them, but you go there and you're like, Whoa, yeah, it is crazy town. What? <laughs> it's crazy town. Oh. Yeah, I was thinking of mom a lot this week because I thought she would have really enjoyed Johnny Weir and Tara Lipinski's commentary on the ice skating. Oh, you know, yes. she did love the Olympics. And every time I watch Downton Abbey, I think of her too. But I think she would really be enjoying these Olympics. <laughs> so, well, you know, they're so good, Liam. I, I mean, know. You know. Beyond all the flamboyant, uh, flamboyance, they're technically, you know, they're really good. And they're also very good of, of not talking too much during the actual skating performance. Yes. So you can, you can see it yourself. You know, I mean, they don't, they're, they're very, very enjoyable. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to miss them. What, what are we going to, are they going to get a TV show? Or I, I can't think? believe that they aren't yes. already in talks with Bravo because they could really commentate anything. Those two, but it is the restraint that they show that is the most uh, impressive to me because they could chatter all day you can tell but they they don't do that and i i think uh the days are limited for that crew at night which is as monica said sounds like they're emceeing a funeral that's (laughs) sandra (laughs) scotty and tom hammond that yeah that's not they're not going to be around in south korea i can tell you that (laughs) so um okay we could digress but that's what you do when the olympics are on you just digress i I cannot pull my, I don't even like ice dancing and I couldn't pull myself away. They were magnificent. They were fantastic. Okay. Uh, here's another sort of vaguely health related story. And I, I promise not to drone on and on about my diet because there aren't too many things that are like more annoying to talk about. Well, there's a cell, cell phone. When people talk about their cell phones, 
That's very annoying. <laughs> and then when people talk about their diets. But a, I saw a couple of related stories. You know, I did a little cleanse in the beginning of the year. It was all about eating clean. And the idea was getting rid of processed food and uh, wheat and, in my case, you know, alcohol and caffeine. Although I didn't really get rid of either, but I played along. <laughs> so You had a much yeah. more enjoyable cleanse because yeah. you were pushing uh, in the morning and had your glass of wine at night. There yes, you. but, uh, you know, in general, I felt like I needed to clean up some of my eating habits. And I know this, like, eating clean trend has been uh, a big deal here in Los Angeles for the last couple of years, and I'm sure across the country. And it involves just a lot of vegetables and kale. things like that. It's all kale. It's all it? kale. It's kale with chard a close second, and then nuts and seeds and, smooth, and green drinks, basically, is what people out here eat. So I saw this article in the New York Observer, which is, you know, a snarky New York paper, but... But um, occasionally they write funny things. And there was an article, Julie, about how people in New York are now, New York City are now so obsessed, or not even all of New York City. He was talking about the Upper East Side. Uh, so that's it. Just that, like, it's not enough now just to be fit. You need to be like rail thin and rail thin because you were eating clean. And he said the big difference is like in the 80s when there were all those social x-rays, uh, really skinny women, he said the husbands were kind of portly. You know, they were like these big, healthy guy, Wall Street guys, fat cats. They didn't call them fat cats for nothing. And the women were like the lollipops with the tiny bodies and the big heads. And um, he said, but the difference in New York now is that even the men are getting in on the eat clean uh, ethos or the paleo diet. So like competitive clean eating <laughs> has emerged. And he said, the problem is now like you literally can't go out to dinner with anyone or have anyone to your home because, you know, as one guy in the article said, oh, I just bring my own food to social events now. Oh, that's so nice and so charming to show up with your own Ziploc bags. It so. is. Yeah. Because as he said, he said, well, if people are offended, I'm offended if I have to eat farm-raised salmon. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, that's one way to look at it. So he shows up with a bag of like nuts and oh. berries, like literally, because he's on the paleo diet and he gets offended if you dare to serve him farm-raised salmon. See, New Yorkers are ruining food. They, I mean, they, first of all, I mean, it was it was always New York City was always a great place to go to eat because there was such a wide variety. You had all those different ethnic foods. You know, it was it's great. And then then there were foodies, and they became obsessive about all things food. And now you have this land. So now they've just ruined the food experience. Yes, and and, and it's you know <laughs> with their obsessions. Right. And you have to remember when you're in the middle of one of these eat clean spells that like it's not actually going to kill you to to have a piece of bread. <laughs> right. You know? That's good. That's yeah. good. I mean, wheat can be your friend, Leon. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel sorry for wheat. You Just, know? Right. I mean, it's, it's one of the most ancient foods we have, you know? You feel, and, you and, feel and, sorry for wheat. Okay. I do. I do. I feel sorry for wheat. I mean, people have been eating wheat since since the beginning of time. And now all of a sudden it's, you know, 
I know it is the enemy, but it's because of all the processing that processing that they do to wheat now that they didn't do, you know, in ancient Samaria. So, um, so, so then I read this other article. I'm thinking, well, that is obnoxious to bring your own food to a bat mitzvah. It just seems unnecessary and like, boy, it must be terrible. And, you know, my goal, uh, as always is not to be real thin because in my entire life, I've never been real thin. And I always think like, what a blessing that has been. Not to be real thin? Yeah, because I'm not one of those people that looks back on my high school pictures and go, oh, gosh, I was a size two. No, never, never a size two. So (laughs) I'm perfectly... You're you're, your best self right now. Yeah, I'm perfectly happy, like, in the eight range, you know. I I just, that's fine with me. I don't need to be real thin. I'm just looking to get healthier and feel better. So then I saw this article in the LA Times. Now, we have a lot of weird food things out here. We admit it, all right? And uh, honestly... If you think those actresses are normal, they're not. They don't eat. Like people, I have spies who have seen very famous skinny actresses at dinner and they have like three cigarettes and a glass of white wine and a small salad. Like that's it. They just don't eat. That's what people hear just have stopped eating. Um, and they all, many of them smoke. But there is a new, actually an eating disorder, Julie, for people who take this eating clean, this pure eating too far. So it's called orthorexia, orthorexia. And it's a fear of eating anything not pure enough for what they perceive as healthful. And right. so, so that's what Gwyneth Paltrow has, right? You know, I I don't want to diagnose on the air. I leave that up to Sheila, but you can kind of see, once again, not, you know, eating disorders are very serious, but I can see when I was in the middle of this cleanse, like there would be a couple of times I walked into places and I looked up and I was like, there's nothing I can eat here. Never mind. Like I did find that when you really are mindful of this clean eating and everything has to be organic and you can't have anything processed and, you know, somebody else's salad dressing may not be pure enough, uh, that you can barely leave your house. You know, I mean, you really, you're on the hook for all your own food. And that's what this eating disorder is. Now, it hasn't been officially recognized yet, but um, therapists here in LA say they're seeing more and more people who are completely fixated with this. And the difference between this orthorexia is uh, and other eating disorders, other de- eating disorders, you're preoccupied preoccupied with your appearance and you you lose perspective on your weight. And in this one, you're not fixated on a number on a scale. You're just, you're, you're, you're obsessed with like, am I doing good things for the planet? And it becomes completely overwhelming. (laughs) So I don't know what, like, I don't know what the answer is. People are trying to do the right thing, but they profile one woman who had a complete meltdown in the produce aisle because she said, I picked up a thing of chard and a thing of kale, and I couldn't figure out what was healthier to eat. And so I just started sobbing. So my gosh, I know that's no, that is too bad. It is. What is wrong with us? (laughs) What is wrong with us? Coming back to LA. That sounds bad out there. I know, but like, can't we just go back to when food was like food and yummy and like you could just eat it or not eat it and it wouldn't be a big deal? Or just a diet. Yeah. Just a normal diet. Right. Like, weight what? Watchers. What about Weight Watchers? Linda? I know. But, it, but it's the whole sourcing thing. Now it's, you have yes. to 
you have to have you have to source your your nuts and your chard and your kale and stuff. Right. It's bigger. It's bigger than just your grocery cart now. So I just want to let you know, I don't think it's a problem for me. I <laughs> Good, Leanne. Good. I don't, I don't want to lose you. I, I want you to get out of your house, out of your yeah. closet from time to time. Yeah, I did. I, I did enjoy your house. You have very nice d- dinner parties at your house, Leanne. I know. Please don't I stop. Did. Hey, don't worry. I did have a pixie stick this weekend. So don't Ooh. worry. I'm totally fine with eating com- completely. That's, that's very natural. Mm, I know. Yummy. You're wheat a bad name and you're eating pixie sticks? Okay. Well, Suzanne Ramos at her 40th birthday party, John's wife had, um, she had a candy bar full of candy from the 80s. So it was, oh, that, it was excellent. It was excellent. Uh, all right, moving all right. on. What You went to the movies this weekend, I understand, Nana twice twice in the last 24 hours okay sunday was uh, we 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 drove back from colorado but literally pulled into our driveway and then went directly into nana mode because my daughter-in-law had to go to a business meeting this Uh. is the first business meeting she's had to go to since the birth of their third child, Peter, uh, who's now two months old. So it was sort of all hands on deck. Okay, we we just, you know, we have um, my son, Nick, was in charge of Peter, which left um, Alice and Benjamin, the two older children, the seven-year-old and the four-year-old, we were in charge of them. Okay, that was it. That was the plan so that Vera could, you know, get up, get dressed, shower, put on makeup, and go to her business meeting and make some sense. So that's which that was her goal. Okay. So, so that's good that you needed like three, three adults to yes. handle the three kids so that yes. she could go oh, to yes. a meeting. We also had Vera's sister, Lena. So okay. we actually we had four adults for three children. Okay. So we were confident that we had the right ratio there, that that it was that it was all gonna work out. So we went to see on Sunday, we went to see the Lego movie. Now, you know, Leon, this is the number one box office hit uh, for, you know, weeks running now. Huge hit. Not huge just hit. not just benefiting from poor weather and Olympic viewing. No, huge, like approaching $100 million hit. Right. Okay. So first of all, I know this is going to sound uh, strange, but I was shocked because it's all Legos in the movie. It's sort of like I had a friend once who uh, didn't go to musicals very much and went to see Cats and came out and said, you know, that was all about cats, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, yes. And this movie, it was, it was all Legos. Yeah. I, I, I didn't understand that. I thought it was going to be like a cartoon about, about Legos, you know, uh, you know what I mean? Versus sort of actual, actual Legos. Right. Are, the whole movie is all Legos, Leon. <laughs> I know. It looks so fantastic. It's, in, it's ingenious. It's ingenious. It's uh, it works on so many levels. It is it is funny. It is witty. Things are whizzing by you so fast. You you were like, oh, my gosh, that was really, really funny. And so the kids loved it. We loved it. I mean, it's just amazing to see. And I'm going to make this recommendation, Leon. I think it would be a great movie for you and Colin, your 16 year old son. Now, I don't know if you can like talk him into going to the Lego movie with you, but I know how much he has, you know, he's loved Legos 
And I think both of you would just really love this movie. We tried to go this weekend. We just couldn't quite squeeze it in. No, our intent is to go, and I want to see it on the big screen. So, no, yeah. it's on our list. I mean, he's a huge Lego fan, and I love those little Lego people. I mean, I love them. I, <laughs> he, has, he has one board of Lego people that he's collected over the years. It's just a 100 little characters on a board. I love it. I hope he never gives it up. I love it. <laughs> so. Well, that's I mean, there are a lot of Lego Lego jokes in this movie that I think he, he will really appreciate where they like they mock some of their early Lego characters you know there's <laughs> that's funny and yes it's totally funny Leon. you are gonna love it so it's and so I'd say that to anyone like if you find yourself and someone says we're going to the Lego movie don't resist it it's <laughs> it's such an unusual movie and the people that had the most fun are the people who designed the production for this movie because the, the they must have they must be Lego geniuses you know like of you know master builders as they're called in the movie because the the scenes i mean it's just amazing how how they've done everything in the movie Again, because it's all Legos, Leon. Yeah. I tried to get him to go. In fact, last week when my husband was out of town, Colin and I liked to go to the movies. I was like, hey, Thursday night, want to go to the Lego movies? But he had homework, so we couldn't go. (laughs) Dang it. Okay, well, but... Okay. It, it's, so it's a good mother-son movie Excellent. Uh, for everyone out there. So, um, But I would say that my daughter-in-law loved it too. I mean, not my daughter-in-law, my granddaughter, Alice, loved it too. So I didn't, uh, you know, so it's not just for boys. She was, she was absolutely charmed by the whole movie. So really, really good. And Ben got yeah. it? He understood yes. it? Yes. Okay. I mean, again, it works on many levels. Yeah. I mean, he's four. So he, <laughs> right. So he's not, you know, he wasn't going to, he didn't get all the jokes, but he liked the ba- the basic story and he okay. loves legos so and he you know when the star wars legos showed up yeah. he started screaming and yelling he was so happy yeah yeah so <laughs> it's very good very good um not for the youngest of kids because there is an intensity to this movie right. it's a pg movie that's right. why i asked about about yes. ben so it's not a, a g little, it is pg it's rated it is, PG. there is an intensity to it so but um, but he you know but he just he loved it. Now the net the following day, just as ha- as it would happen again, because you know we have the third grandchild Peter. Alice had had her um, her seventh birthday, and Leon, you probably remember this uh, from from the early days with Brooks and Collins. But you know birthdays can get incredibly competitive. They yes. can it's just. And they were, um, my daughter-in-law was sort of in a situation. She has the new baby, Peter, who's not sleeping. You know, it's Alice's seventh birthday. She, like, she's trying to schedule something. There are only so many slots on the weekend when you can have a birthday party. And you you know what I mean? Because these kids are all so busy. Uh, And that all the slots for the, you know, the weekend before her birthday and the weekend after her birthday were taken. She didn't know what to do. And I said, look at Vera, here's the thing. You know, you get to a point that they don't need another giant birthday at some gymnastics place right. or at the trampoline place, you know, or, you know, heaven forbid you take them to Chuck E. Cheese. This is the age when you really, they have as much fun, if not more fun, if you do something small, like just go to a movie or, you know, take take a couple of kids and, you know, go play miniature golf or, you know, do something 
but uh, small. And uh, I, so I volunteered to take Alice and three of her little girlfriends to a movie and then out to lunch uh, for her birthday. Oh, perfect. Nana. Yeah. 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 So this was, you know, so all's well, very exciting. So it meant within the 24 hour time slot, I saw <laughs> the Lego movie and then boom, next morning at 11 o'clock, we went to see not the Rat Patrol, but the Nut Job. Have yeah. you heard about this movie? Uh, it, you know, I've seen it's an animated movie with squirrels, right, or something. Yeah, it's got squirrels. It's got some rats, uh, yeah. a raccoon. You know, some chipmunks, various things. But and it's um, it's action packed and it has full. I don't. I'm not a big, big believer in those. Although I do enjoy squirrels, so I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, the squirrels are, are excellent in it, and there's some cute things, but I can't I can't really recommend it. Lately. Okay, so, so I would give it on a scale of one to five a three. Uh, I think if you're a Jane Austen fan, or a Mr. Darcy fan, or a Colin Firth fan, or a British uh, history fan, you will enjoy it. It's a little rough around the edges, and I they just it's an adaptation, so you can tell they skip like the first hundred pages of the novel, and boom, just plunged you right into the story um but there are some fun bits to it and carrie russell's very appealing so i wouldn't uh put it at the top of your list but if you find yourself <laughs> home alone on a friday night it's totally serviceable rental very serviceable that's what i would say um one neat well, thing that's really amazing Leon, that given how much TV video you're watching, that in the two hours when you weren't watching Olympic video, you you watched another video. So good That's for you. That's what I thought, Julie. I did. I you know I could have. I had already been to yoga. I had covered a lot of things. I had already cooked the Valentine's dinner. I had cleaned the house that day. I had worked. So I was literally had nothing to do between six and eight p.m. And it's an hour and thirty eight minute movie. So it was just perfect. <laughs> Slipped it right in there. It was just perfect. And, um, this Leon, excellent work there. Excellent thank you. Work. The merging of my two worlds. It's, it's just all coming together there, Leon. You know, you're just, uh, I know for me, I, I, of course they started off with the pigs. Okay. Once again, right. And we, and now we have a new pigman, Leon. I'm yes. happy about that. The man from Yorkshire. Yeah. With a deep voice. Okay. But and he, he is going to factor into some storyline because yes. they wouldn't be spending this much time introducing us to, you know, the tenant farmer. He's right. had a couple of big episodes this year. He'll be back. Yeah, he's good with pigs and apparently he's good with children right. too. I mean, can you believe that lady Edith, that that was her plan that she was going to give the baby to the pig man? I uh, thought she was going to marry the pig man originally. Like I didn't understand that I, she's just going to give the baby. I thought, Oh, is she going to like, seduce the pig man that's pretty good he's cute i was for that plan <laughs> seducing the no pig man. i think she was just going to give the yeah. baby to the pig yeah. man because he seemed good with pigs yeah so but again she probably doesn't know much about children but you're right it was jam-packed so many many if not all of the relationships it really was a turning point uh and in the right direction i think this this episode first of all tom i mean last week i said it was an inappropriate relationship with the communist but now i have now that it's been revealed that she's a teacher yes well you know i'm very pro teacher we're very pro teacher i can see that they are going to uh, i can see a way forward with them don't you think yes and certainly he's getting encouragement from cora and again all of a sudden there she is stranded in the middle of a country road and he can roll up his sleeves. I'm sure she noticed that and uh, get down on the ground and fix that car. I mean, that's appealing to many ladies. 
Yes, I, I, I know. But it's also appealing to her political sense that he's part of the labor force. Yes. Don't you see that, Leanne? He can actually do labor. I'm sorry. You know, I was just was... focusing on Tom's forearms. Which... Yes, yes, they were good. And that little wave that she gave as she drove off, that was very flirty. Yes. Leon, so happy about the relationship between Edith, Rosemond, and the Dowager Countess. Now that, I mean... The love and support that they are surrounding Edith with is just great. Don't you think? It is. I'm glad she has some friends finally on this show. Some people that are emotionally rooting for her and going to help her out. I mean, the Dowager Countess, let's face it, top-notch episode by her. She was, uh, she had great lines. She was a key player in many, many key scenes. Right. And uh, really showed sort of... Not only her metal and her snobbiness, but also her ability to like move forward with life. And then you die. <laughs> I love that. Exactly. But I mean, she was able to suss out in like two seconds that there was something going on between Edith and Rosamund. Right. As, As opposed to doped up Cora. Like, Cora. oh, go to Europe. Great idea. <laughs> I'm going to go back to bed. Because putting together, you know, four tenths of jams is so exhausting. Yeah. Uh, Cora's going to rehab. She's, I think she's going to I'm rehab so, I in think season she's five. Stoned. I think she's, she's stoned. Yeah, she's out of it. Smoking pot, don't yeah. you think? She's, yeah. No, it's that snifter of Delauden. She is out of it, man. I, I don't know. Yeah, okay. Let's just say that right off. The person that you would least like to work on the school auction with, okay, Cora. Yeah. Uh, oh, gosh, she's horrible. So, <laughs> so anyway, so that was good. Um, I was even warming, although I'm not happy, but Isabel and that old guy, Merton. Okay, if they want to get together, that would be fine. Yes. It's like he has some romance going on yeah um that that seems okay now mosley and baxter okay uh. mosley and the evil mate okay i still do not believe that baxter can be trusted i think she is going to do something with that sinister sewing machine <laughs> to mosley i don't know i i just and him as i know it's a lot of mosley time Lynn. it's what just a lot of romantic storyline at least he stopped whining and complaining you know, yeah. at least he has something else to talk about, but oh, poor me. Although we did get in a couple of, I've really fallen in the world uh, this week. So yeah, I mean, on the one hand, I'm I'm glad he has a different storyline, but on the other hand, oh, he has a different storyline. So we're going <laughs> to see more of him. Oh. More of him. So yeah, it's a good news, bad news story. Yeah. Okay. Surprising Lady Rose this week. I, I think when that scene, when she talked to Mary and her, you really understood her intentions with Mr. Jazz. That yes. Indeed, it was all to make her mother mad, to, you know, sort of a payback to her mother. That was, uh, you know, well, I just can't wait for the coming for her big ball when she's going to be her coming out ball. That she, I know she's going to do something to. Oh, yeah. Because now her, she, her, right. Now she has a lot of, what is that, spit and vinegar that they say? What is that yes. expression? Like yes. she has a lot of anger built up now towards Mary, towards perfect Mary, and oh, and, and, and the world and her mother. And yet she is so unbelievably beautiful. And the dress she was wearing when she told Mary those beaded dresses this I week. Know. Unbelievable. I know. I know. And I'm, I'm glad we won't see a lot of Mr. Jazz just because he is a poor actor. So <laughs> I do not, of all the people you could have cast in that role, I don't. I know. I mean. I don't think he's, he's a good actor. No, I, I think you're right. I, but 
But Mary, I mean, Mary was working hard this week. She had a lot to do. You know, she really, between that relationship that she had to work out, she'd work out with with uh, with Anna. But my message to Mary is please pick Tony Gillingham. Okay. Please, please. Really? You don't like the government man, Mr. Blake or Blank or uh, whatever, Banks, no, whatever I, his name I is? Thought he was, when he was holding that the screaming baby. No, I didn't. What was up with him? So I love the screaming baby scene <laughs> that like the dowager was out of there. Like the minute those children walk in, well, I am leaving. <laughs> That's and your father wouldn't approve. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and it's uh, I was sorry to see that Thomas made his way back from America. I know. It, I just thought it was such a perfect opportunity to just uh, write him off the show, but apparently they have more in store for him. Right, more evil and, doings. Although it is getting tiresome. His evil doings are getting tiresome. I would say. Yeah. And so what about Bates? Okay. I, here's what I think. Uh, and a lot of good speculation on the Satellite Sisters Facebook page about um, who pushed the, uh, the, the rapist in front Mr. of the bus. Mr. Green. Yes. Who yes. <laughs> pushed Mr. Green in front of the bus. Um, I, I think if the writers made it Bates, that is just so obvious. So I don't believe the writers would do that because we've already seen Mr. Bates go to jail for murder. You know, he's, we've already done that storyline, although it is quite a coinky dink that like people he seemed to be vaguely near keep dying. I don't something yes. about that. No, I, 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 I think it's, it, he's very dark. I think he, you know, he, I think he did it. Liam. He, but he is the obvious choice. So I sort of hope it's not him. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of speculation on the Facebook page about triangulating the difference between London and Yorkshire and this and that. I, I don't know from that. They seem to go to London back and forth all the time. So, and they seem to go to Mr. Watson's farm back and forth all the time. So I don't understand. I, I actually think Anna may have gone to confront him and freaked him out. And the guy, it, it might just be a happy accident that he's dead. That's what I think. Oh, so you, th you, you think it may be Anna. Yeah, because she did say, like, oh, there were witnesses. Good. Remember that whole thing? Yes. Like, oh, many yes. witnesses. Oh, okay. But um, I believe that she was in the area. That would at least be a more interesting storyline than, uh -huh. oh, Bates kills again. <laughs> what do you think? Who do you think did it? Well, I, I think Bates did it because he's a killer. They have a killer in the show. <laughs> okay. That's his job, okay? I mean... Right? I guess so. I guess you're right. Yeah, that's, maybe it's the obvious choice because he kills people. That's true. That's, that's what he does. <laughs> and that's what's going to crush Anna, that indeed he wasn't an innocent man that went to the jail for the you know, death of his wife. You know, I mean, he killed her, you know, okay. and he's going to kill again. <laughs> I thought they were going to kill Mr. Green with their forks in that scene when they were all having tea. I, I mean, know. they all had their forks up and it was tense but that that's good we'll have to I, you know i'm very interested to see lord what do you think about lord grantham coming back i i'm what was that thing like why is he so lovey-dovey with cora that yeah. just doesn't ring true to me for a british man i don't know yeah. i'm kind of over the two of them i'm, I'm yes. over the two of them yes i don't know i don't know what's going on there i mean maybe i, I can't i i it's the drugs, land. It's the pot. It's the it's the, it's the antidepressants. It's something. I don't. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's the Prozac. It's the 1920s prohibition Prozac that they're all on. <gasps> well, I did think though the Daisy Alfred scene. Yeah. I thought that was literally just wonderful. Like the most wonderful scene of the year. It was nice to see because Daisy was 
So she's been so mean and so unhappy for so many yeah, years. I, I know. So it's nice that she had that moment to grow up, you know? Yes. No, it was a perfect scene. And keep hope alive, Leon. Keep hope alive. Yeah. Perhaps Alfred, when he graduates from the cooking school, yeah. something will happen. But and it, it did it did give Daisy and Mrs. Patmore a chance to really cement their kind of mother-daughter bond, which I thought yes. was lovely. I thought the follow-up scene was really nice. It was very moving, like a small moment that was uh, perfectly, perfectly done, perfectly underwritten, perfectly yeah. good. Um, right, it's so, almost bittersweet that it, we're getting towards the end of the season, Leon. You it's know, bittersweet I mean, I, for us because what are we going to talk about on Tuesdays? <laughs> yeah, we need some. We need some suggestions of some other equally involving, engaging um, sh- a show that we can discuss on a superficial level. That's yeah. what we need. I know. And I just you want to go deep, but but not. Not on something hard. Uh, yeah, so hard we don't we don't want to break down anything too complicated. No, I am looking forward to next week with the Americans arriving and the big debutante ball. I think yes. it's going to be spectacular. If this was a, I am very curious to see what Edith is going to do. For for me, that is just that's like a big question mark. That is excellent to have out there. You know, Mary, she can't lose with either one of those guys. But Edith has a lot to lose. She has a lot at stake. Her storyline, yes. she has a lot at stake. So I, I think somehow Pigman is going to factor in. I think Pigman, <laughs> the man from Yorkshire, okay. is going to lose his life, lose his wife next week, and Edith will be able to step in. Because remember. Back in season one, Edith did have that thing for that farmer who taught her to drive. Yes. Yeah. She's kind of got a thing for farmers. Yeah, well, she had that look on her face when she was looking at the pig. The new battery, I have assigned that to my sons as their, as their birthday gift to me. Okay. Get me a battery. So we'll see if they can come through. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do it. All right. Well, there you have it. Highlights, batteries, and an art outing. Sounds like a good day, Leon. Yeah, it'll be fun. You know, I'm not a huge birthday person, so that's enough. Right. Yeah, that's I'm good. not. That's good. I Knowing that you were not a huge birthday person, I, this is your birthday greetings right now. <laughs> Happy birthday, Leon. Thank, thank you, Julie. I appreciate that. <laughs> and you are off the hook. Go see another movie, Nana. Go see another movie. Uh, all right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, you can always find us at SatelliteSisters.com. If you have been missing the random thoughts about Sochi, they are all there, all 11 of them. I don't. I think I'm going to take today off, um, So, but I'll be back tomorrow with random thoughts. Uh, thanks so much for all your support always of everything we do at Satellite Sisters. We appreciate it. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. Mm-hmm.